Welcome to the Love Serve Disciple Podcast, a show highlighting the work of the Salvation Army around the territory as we focus on loving, serving, and discipling those in our communities. Find additional information about this month's guests and resources at allforjesus.salvationarmysouth.org. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Love Serve Disciple podcast. We are welcoming you back to this cold December, wherever you are. We'll talk to our guests here in a minute. I am sure they will not be cold where they are in December. Um, but again, this is Major Mad Satterley, and with me is my co-host, my co-host in life, Major <laughs> Jamie Satterley. Major Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Super excited about our guest today. We have with us Mozart Charles and Adley Charles from Florida. That's why they're not freezing. They're down there living their best life, right, in what some people would call the paradise. Now, the people at KT are yelling at me right now. <laughs> or uh, Potomac. Yes, yeah. right. So, uh, so we have a, a great opportunity today to continue the conversation on discipleship. And today we're going to be focusing on discipleship in youth, um, and particularly uh, on youth through music ministry. So Adley and Mozart, you guys, you can paper, rock, scissors on who's going to go first. But tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your experience growing up in the Salvation Army. Introduce us. Into... Introduce us to the Charles. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, again, my name is Mozart Charles. Um, again, uh, originally, originally from Haiti, um, Port-au-Prince. I'm in the capital here. Uh, again, so my parents are co-officers. We're co-officers there and retired now. Uh, pretty much grew up in the Caribbean and Haiti uh, as a Salvation Army kid and also, you know, junior soldiers, pocket debt, music uh, program, all that stuff. Um, I moved to Miami in 1995, uh, I believe, uh, I guess junior in high school, and I was able to, be, to move with Adley and my uncle there, which is also um, Major Metalist Charles, just co-officer. And then I, we, 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 are, we are the luxury, I mean, the luxury for me, I guess, to stay with them as a family and then to attend the Miami Edison Corps, MEC, uh, known as <laughs> MEC. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then uh, from there, uh, just like any kid, I mean, we, we went to church every Sunday, probably Sunday, all day Sunday. <laughs> um, and then we, <laughs> because we had the Haitian ministry in the afternoon Absolutely. and the program, which we have to attend, talk of that. Uh, again, um, again, we we had a great time. It was a um, great experience for for me just to be there. Now, I also had a chance to go to youth council, um, TYI, TMI, all the session. I mean, things. So, and going through our core, I guess uh, I just just come to the ministry part of it. Um, I remember being to the core when we got there because from Port-au-Prince Core, Central Core in Haiti, which is one of the biggest core in the Caribbean. We, we used to like thousands of people at church on Sunday. Uh, I mean, the whole section is junior soldier. Yeah. Uh, junior, junior soldier to sit in one section is full of big core. Uh, just for us to come uh, to Edison Core, I remember the first Sunday, we were kind of like sad and like nobody was there. Uh, there were no big band, uh, not a lot of young people. So, um, but you know, my auntie, which Adley mom, you know, she forced us to go to church every Sunday. So we had no, ch- we couldn't quit church. Yeah. So we had, we had to go every Sunday and uh, we went there. Uh, and then from there, I remember our first thing, I, ministry-wise, we did is it's like she put me like a Sunday school class 
hey, just take your back line. I said, huh? But I can speak English. He said, well, that's your class today. Uh, from there, <laughs> so from there, just we, we, we started to, to do junior soldier class, um, Sunday school class, as I would say. Uh, and again, um, just little things, stuff like this. And for the band, it was only five of us, um, four of us in the band, five of us. And then I decided, you know what, uh, we need to grow this band. And um, we decided to teach one kid at a time. Uh, I would teach one trombone kid, and I would take one baritone kid. And we grew that band from five to six to seven kids. And then I think the, the, the ministry really changed for me. I think I went to TMI, uh, TYI one year. And uh, I guess the call was like, what can you do for your core to make your core better? Because a lot of young people just sit and every Sunday, they complain about the core being boring, not having this, not having that. And I think the call, I remember leaving TY, uh, the call was like, what can you do to make your core better? So we accepted the call and went back to our core and then we started doing ministry. Uh, we just stopped doing ministry and then uh, you see where we are right now. Man, you got to love, listen, Mozart listeners is like dropping truth bombs and speaking. Like he's preaching over here. And that was just the introduction. <laughs> That's right. So uh, we're in for I some think, good stuff then. Too, I, I don't know, uh, before we go to Adley, I think I think it's still true. I would assume, unless you guys could correct me, uh, that the Port-au-Prince Corps is the largest Salvation Army Corps in the Western Hemisphere, I believe. So, all right, Mozart, thanks for telling yeah, us a little bit about you. Adley, uh, tell us about you, sir. What do you do? What do you do? Uh, where you work, and uh, tell us a little bit about your discipleship experience growing up in the Army. Uh, background is kind of similar to my cousin Mozart. Uh, we grew up in Haiti. Uh, our, our parents were blessed to be able to follow each other as, as far as ministry was concerned. So we've always had an opportunity to work together and to be together. So yeah, growing up in Haiti, being in uh, junior soldiers, and I remember Mozart's dad used to have 40 day revivals, and then nobody wanted to play in the band, like in the praise team. And his dad said, you know what? Forget them. I need y'all to step up and then be a part of this praise team. Y'all figure it out. And Mozart's dad would write his own songs, his own theme songs. So those were some great days of growing up under uh, some really good mentoring and being taught the word of God and being surrounded by people that would hold us accountable um, all the time, especially because we were officers kids. Like no, nobody didn't give a care about you were an officers kid or not. We were just like everybody else, and people would just hold us accountable. Uh, but if they knew your parents were like, "Oh, are you, are you, are you so and so's son? What are you doing doing this here?" So it was good to have that accountability to help us out. Uh, and I remember one one day, my parents came from headquarters, and they said, "We have a family meeting." I'm like, "Oh, this this can't be good." Uh, they said, um, "We've received orders to move." I'm like, "Move where? Where, where are we going?" They're like, "We're going to the U.S." I'm like, I'm, "I don't want to go to the U.S." <laughs> <laughs> Please here, you know, I have all my friends are here, and you know, I have really good Christian community here. But I said, son, we don't have an option. This is the call we've received. We're all going. <laughs> so coming to the states already had a grudge and not wanting to be here, and it kind of made it difficult when he, we we even moved here with learning the language and trying to trying to fit in. Uh, but the Miami Edison Corps became a great uh, a great place for us, uh, where we still had an opportunity to still be in our culture, to still be able to express ourselves in our own language, and also to have leaders uh, who are willing to you know, s- spend time with us and really care about us intentionally. I remember um, Bradell Neptune, one of those leaders who would take the time to not only teach us music, but you know, when we first moved here, would take us around uh, to make sure we were registered for school and doing all these things for us. And that was just a regular local officer, but they were so invested in us. And then from there, you know, from being in that 
background of love. We wanted to do the same for the kids that would come to the core. Like Mozart told you, like when we came to the core, there were barely any kids and there was no music, which was something that were to us. I was like a twilight zone. Like the only music there was was a bass drum and somebody playing the accordion. I'm like, this can't, this is not gonna fly. <laughs> <laughs> but we like, we gotta do something and. You know, the Lord provided the leaders to help us to, to learn music, and then we took it upon ourselves to awesome. make a difference. So we brought you guys on today to talk a little bit about, like, that's the territorial priority um, that you know of right now is disciple. And so we wanted to talk about discipleship and youth and, and, and how music can accomplish that, but not just music, just youth ministry and discipling uh, young people. And you guys have seen a lot that have come through, not just Miami, but through the Florida division. So our first question to you is this, and we'd love to speak to this, like sometimes people say, you know, it's hard to disciple youth because they come in and out of your program, right? Like they come in for a bit and then like, you know, they'll go out for soccer or high school band or something like that. And then you won't see them for a couple of months. But why is it important to stay faithful in discipling kids even when they just kind of come and go in seasons? Um, I guess for me, I mean, um, I always go to, to my background. I mean, uh, to all the local officers that in, invested in me. And they never give up on us, you know, they never give up on us. And um, I mean, from going to school, even my parents, uh, they were really busy for officers. But we have the home league ladies. <laughs> we have the, the college major. We have everyone involved in that growth, you know? So so for me, it's the same thing. When I see this kid, I'm, I don't really think about that, what's going to happen next. I just want to make sure we, we are there for them right now. That's awesome. Uh, and they great let line. God take the rest. Yeah, great worry, I mean, we see for the best, we see for the potential. And then um, if you go to the par- parable of Jesus Christ, the 99 and one chip, you know? So we go there and then we're not worried about that. We're just going to make sure, that even if it's one kids, we've got to make sure they're here. And let and let God take care of the rest. I mean, I mean, we're not, I mean, for me personally, I never worry about if you're not gonna be there tomorrow or not. Just if they're here right now, what can we do right now to help those kids? That's right. Tomorrow, worry about itself. Yeah, and to add, add to add to what Mozart said, it's just being available and being intentional about loving the kids, even beyond them being an, an, an instrumentalist or a creative artist, right? Yeah, seeing their needs, what they love to do is. Knowing who they are as a person, like, do they love soccer? Do they love basketball? How can we get involved personally in their lives? Because a lot of our kids that we, we've had the chance to work with, they usually don't have a great family background. Maybe sometimes there's a dad missing or they're staying with grandma, or they're staying with auntie. Uh, and a lot of times what those kids need is just people to be present mm-hmm. and to be able to listen to them and That's good. enjoy their time. Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen throughout the years when you do that, you're living the discipleship journey with them. It's not just something that's a one and done. Like discipleship is not done just today and it's, you, know, you forget about tomorrow just because you don't see them. No, we still keep in touch with them. Even those that don't attend the Salvation Army anymore, they're still part of the kingdom. So we still reach out to them just trying to find out how they're doing. And a lot of times they come back and they come and support us when we're doing things with the Salvation Army because they remember that, you know, we made that investment. Now we didn't want to give back and invest back. So. That's good. And we talked about that last month with the Thornhills, Major Thornhill, about it's not just uh, corporate worship, and it's not just one hour on a Wednesday, like you're saying, right, Ali? It's like discipleship with youth is done in in high school concerts and games and just walking alongside while you have the time. Yeah, those conversations you have in the, the bus on the way to and Absolutely. from activities. Absolutely. Oftentimes yeah. with, with youth, 
the most impactful moments of discipleship are happening outside the core, right? Or outside of the program hour. It's the conversations that are happening on the way there. You know, it's showing up at their games, the investment that uh, you're making in their life. The programs are important and they have their place and they, they have their impact. But with kids, so much of it is relationally focused. No, I mean, from what you said with the transportation, I mean, um, I had a kid call me the other day. I mean, post something on Instagram, like a Kurt Franklin song or something like that. And I remember those long drives, we took a camp Keystone, like a six-hour drive. And I said, oh, man, once I used to blast a car, like, for six hours of band music. <laughs> Everybody is super busy, right? Some And sometimes it's challenging to make the most of all those opportunities to, you know, making it to different events or all these kind of things. Can you share some of your ideas or best practices on how to take advantage of those moments? I mean, when it comes, again, like Mozart said, if if that individual shows up at your door, then it's your opportunity to give them the best time of their lives. Because we don't know what's going on at home. We don't know what's going on in school. A lot of times it's just us going by at McDonald's, getting them a meal. That goes a long way and that opens the door for conversation. So it's not really trying to stay focused on the programming aspect of it. It's really focusing on the individual and their needs. Ooh, that's hear beyond, that. Ooh, hear that, people. That's good stuff. You know, it's just beyond, you know, it's just, it's a spiritual need, but you don't approach it that way. You approach it at, in a relationship. They, kids today want to know that you care about them, that you love yeah. them, that you'll do anything for them, that you'll, you'll go anywhere for them. Once you do that, they'll open the floodgates and let you, let you end on what's going on in their hearts. But at the same time, as leaders, you have to be careful uh, to not put him out on the street. You know, when, you know, stuff is going on, like we're, we'll be prayerful with them and doing stuff like that. But just be real with the kids. Like they are, they can smell fake from afar. Yeah, like as absolutely. a choir, as a leader, if you're not going to be real with them, they're already going to know, they're already going to know they're going to shut you off. And then th- there goes like, however many years they're going to spend in that core, forget it. They're not going to open up until you're real and transparent with them. And for, for me and most of our time, it's them coming over our house, having yep. a meal, doing a party on Christmas, during a party, during, you know, times of the year, or just watching a, a football game or a Super Bowl or something like that. That's what they look forward to. And again, they can see us as leaders, how we live our lives with our spouses, with our kids. That's all part of discipleship. It's yep. bringing them in and letting them see. And then, you know, they can they can know who we are for real, for real. It's not something we're just saying. As soon as the kids step to the door of the tr- of the program or the bus or the core, I always greet them. I look in the eyes and I get to know their name. I really personal personal with them. The way you welcome them is come out big time. Like if they feel they're welcome, they want it that they're part of. They want to be part of a program, and that's why every kid that comes to our program until today. Uh, I don't teach piano. I don't teach guitar. But I go to the room, those rooms, and, hey, what's your name? Hi, what's your day? Hi. And then they open up to you. And then we, we make sure that they can see us. You know, it's just like, it's just like, you like you talk to a kid, you go down so they can see you eye to eyes kind of thing. And you, they kind of see, like, you, kind of, you want to connect with them. One of the things that I hear as a youth leader is especially with Gen Z, I, sometimes there's like a disconnect, right, between an, the older generations and the younger generations. They don't necessarily, under, they don't feel like they understand kind of where Gen Z is coming from. They might even, like I've heard adults say, like, 
I'm scared, like not scared as in like, ah, what are they going to do to me? But they're just afraid to take that step because they don't understand. So how do you help people kind of get past that fear um, or confusion or, or, you know, they might say, I just don't feel relevant to what's happening in their life. How can you get past that to make those first steps to get to know young people? I would say as a more mature person, don't... <laughs> I like that, word, that verbiage you use there. <laughs> <laughs> don't let your, your experience um, and you wanting to share that experience with that person overtake you on knowing who they are, understanding their language. Uh, kids today have their own language. Like my son will come to the house like, oh, daddy, you don't have ribs. I'm like, what is ribs, bro? I don't know what... <laughs> You know, and then he explains to me. So it's me caring enough to understand how they speak, because if you don't understand how they speak, then you can't really have a conversation. You can't really understand what they're talking about. Uh, and of course, tempering as well. Um, again, for me, the best thing uh, when I, when the core officer did in Miami Edison is to put me as a YPSM, because when I got here, our YPSM was 60 years old kind of person. And then it was like, let's kind of find, let's identify the young person or youth that can relate to those kids. It's okay for the corporation to delegate other young leaders. You know, they say uh, it takes five leaders for every one kid increase their chance of staying in the church. So that, that's, you know, say five, five adults in the church who know their name, who pray for them, who say, hey, how's school? How's this going? Who are checking in on them. If if you have five adults for every one kid, you increase their chances of staying in the faith uh, yeah. by astronomical <clears throat> amounts. And it, that's and it, not saying that five adults can't ha- talk to multiple kids. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and it, that's not like, you know, it could bleed over. It could be the same five adults for the same five kids, but having five adults for, the, for every one kid uh, increases our chances. So, Again, all these things we're talking about, knowing their name, saying hello to them, asking how school is. If you can get five people in your church to do that for every kid, uh, you, you will see a greater chance of them staying, not, not just in the church, it's important, but in faith, right, in the kingdom. Mozart, Adley, uh, last question. We appreciate you taking the time to talk with us here. And we always want to end with this question. And that's it's good for us to listen to this podcast while we're on our way to work or we're out for a jog or whatever we're doing. But now... What do we do about it, right? What's the practical steps that our core officers or any officers who are listening to this, our soldiers, our local officers, our core sergeant majors, YPSMs that are listening to this podcast right now, like what's your advice to begin a practical step? What's something that they can hit end on this podcast and then go and do? Love intentionally, whatever it takes. Uh, again, you know, it's yeah, knowing their names, knowing what they, what the kids enjoy, but loving them where they are, uh, and and planting the seed and building that relationship. Make sure that they know that they're number one in your life. That's good. And that's every every single kid, not just the group, but every single one. Know enough about them that they know that you're number one in their lives. For me, it starts with us loving them and knowing who they are as individuals, and then from there you can build on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it's just a couple of words I like. I'm, I added is patient. Yeah. You have to have patient. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, for some corporate they don't get to stay four, three, or two years, but you have to have patient with them. Uh, kindness, uh, wisdom, understanding, and acceptance. Acceptance is very key for us, for me. 
because they're coming from different backgrounds, I'm telling you. Uh, they're not perfect kids. They don't have a perfect background. They did not save some of them. And they, they bring a lot of bar, a, a baggage as well. And again, one thing I always we always done is we're not trying to judge them. I mean, we're not trying to worry about everything else, but love them regardless, um, just regardless. And we have to love them. We have to show kindness to them. We have to be patient with them. And then and not worry about what's tomorrow gonna bring. Why they here? How can we we show them kindness? How can we accept them for who they are? And also finally, I would say, take a village, take a support system. Yeah. Um, for as much good stuff we've done, we've done at the core, but there's always the the homelink lady or that college major that will come to them and say, hey, Moza, I got ten dollars for you council. Make sure the kid eats. Um, <laughs> yeah, you go hundred dollars for you, so you can go to you council. You know, uh, there always goes that older lady from the core that will, you know, hey, leave them alone. It's okay. And also the co-officer support. And then um, you got to find those just leaders. Uh, you, you cannot do it as a co-officer, understand that. But you have to find, you have to identify that youth person uh, that, that kind of like connect with a kid and also uh, equip that person. So we just want to say thank you, Mozart and Adley. Uh, we wanted to talk to you because we have seen, Matt and I directly have seen, your ministry in action and what the discipleship that you're so passionate about is playing out all across the state of Florida. Um, and so we were like, well, let's talk to the, let's talk to the pros. Who are we going to talk to? We'll talk to the pros. Um, but we're so, we've been so blessed by your ministry. Um, and I know our listeners will be as well. And I, listeners, what I hope you're hearing from them is um, they are so passionate about this. They were invested in, right? And so now that has turned around and led them to investing. So our question for you listeners is, you are here where you are today because someone invested in you. So who are you going to pour back into? So again, we say thank you to Mozart and Adley. Um, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for being our guests on this episode of the Love Serve Disciple podcast. Listeners, you will not want to miss next month. Next month, we will have an interview with Commissioners Kelly and Donna Iglehart as we talk over further the territorial priorities. Uh, until next time, listeners, thank you. God bless. Go Disciple. Thanks for listening. For more information and resources about the Salvation Army's territorial priorities, visit allforjesus.salvationarmysouth.org and follow us on Facebook at Sal Army South.